All right, we are live. Welcome to the College Baseball Smack podcast presented by Variety Sports Network. And we are here tonight to talk about opening weekend of college baseball. And I don't know about you, but it feels like it's been forever since we've seen some real baseball. I've been waiting for this day since, uh, unfortunately, Vanderbilt got bumped in the head by Tennessee in football because uh, I didn't have a bowl game to prepare for. <laughs> and our basketball team is not that great, although we have one four in a row. But baseball, this is where it's at for Vanderbilt. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. Absolutely. And, I mean, when you look at LSU basketball, I mean, we're the bell of yeah. the ball on that one. <laughs> that, that just leaves a little to be desired, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, that team quit weeks ago, and it's such a shame. Like, how, how are you going to beat Arkansas, impressively beat Arkansas at that, and then lose everything else after that? It's a, wow. a tough look. Oh, for sure. So, so we speaking, got speaking of losing, who you got losing on this opening weekend? Uh, we'll, we'll get some uh, tournaments <laughs> in here. We'll get some uh, individual series. Going to try and get some uh, mid-major love going in here with some Gonzaga and Texas Tech. Uh, there's never enough mid-major love. Sure. Uh, so who do you got? Uh, losing some games this weekend that most people don't. Well, this will lead to my shout-out to Randy Jowers, and I'm going to say the Tennessee Volunteers. Ooh. I think they have a ridiculously hard schedule on the road. I don't – I mean, obviously they can go in and sweep it. I would not – I mean, it wouldn't shock me, but I really could see them losing a few games this weekend. Well, you know, they got – they do have Arizona – out in Talking Sick, and what a name for a stadium! It really that, is. That, that, that just reeks college baseball. It does. But you got Talking Stick, you got Tennessee, right off the bat with Arizona, following that up with another mid-major that is really on the rise here lately, and that's Grand Canyon. Absolutely. Uh, see what they can do with the the uh, Lopes out there, <laughs> and then they followed up with UC San Diego. And as we know, as history has shown, those uh, small California teams generally do very well early in the season against the SEC. Typically, they do. Yes, you're right. <laughs> uh, Vanderbilt's experienced a little bit of that, too. <laughs> so, and, and speaking of that, they're, they're at that Desert uh, Invitational. Uh, pretty good little tournament out there that the MLB puts on every year. For sure. Uh have you ever been able to make it out there to that? No, I, man, I wish I've actually the furthest west I've ever been. I went to I went to Las Vegas, but I didn't go. I didn't leave us. I flew to Las Vegas, so I've never really had a chance to go to any good baseball out west yet. It's on my bucket list. Oh, for sure. I've uh, I've already told my wife when like we retire that. I would like to be able to go to like all the big stadiums and see some big games. Because for me, I love pro, don't get me wrong, I like pro baseball a lot, but for me, college is everything for me in baseball. And to me, going to Alec, Alec Box Stadium is bigger than going to, you know, like Astro Stadium or uh, Truist Park in Atlanta. Like that, those are nothing to me compared to going to a college stadium. That's an, that's an interesting thing. Uh, part of this uh, desert invitational out there that they're putting on Michigan versus Michigan state at Sloan park. Wow. That's, that's weird to see a rivalry that early in the season. And grand Canyon and UC San Diego, but salt river fields that, that place right there. If, if you've never seen it uh, and you don't get a chance to get out there to it, uh, 100% worth watching on TV. Uh, Vanderbilt's sure. played there a couple times. Uh, they put on a really good uh, promotion out there at Talking Stick. And like you said, I think Tennessee could have their hands full with Arizona and Grand Canyon. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Absolutely. Um, and then I guess we can stay out west and we can talk a little bit about Stanford and Cal State Fullerton. Fullerton's been a team that hasn't really been talked about much over the last few years, except in negative ways because their team's just kind of been on a downfall. But Cal State's always been a team that's 
been highly looked upon in college baseball and Stanford is arguably, you know, one of the best, one of the, definitely one of the best teams in the country. So it could be a situation of early season jitters for a very veteran squad, or it can be taking care of business and going three and Well, definitely. Uh, and like I said, in my personal preseason top 25, I had Stanford number one. I don't know if uh, Fullerton's got anything to change that opinion. Sure. But one thing we've all, always learned about Fullerton is never count them out because it's a solid program. It has been for uh, well over a decade mm-hmm. and arguably may have the best team in college baseball history that won the College World Series back in the 90s. Absolutely. Uh, very much in the discussion as a national powerhouse. For sure, for sure. And it doesn't get any easier for Cal State because then you go to the midweek and then they have – I mean, it's a mid-major school, but Tulane comes into town, and Tulane, they're always gritty and ready to fight. And, I mean, Tulane has UC Irvine to start the season, and then they go over and visit Cal State Fullerton. And I think the green wave, they're, they're ready to rock and roll out there. That'd, that'd be fun to watch. For uh, sure. Anything in the Big Ten catch your eye this week? Absolutely not, to be honest. You know, I, I saw it. Well, I take that back. Yes, the Indiana-Auburn series does catch my eye. And kind of two teams on the on the brink of top 25. Yes, yes, uh, for sure. Some polls have Auburn in there. Some polls have Indiana in there. Uh, two teams that could possibly make noise in May. Absolutely. So, I think that's going to be a really good series. It'd be fun to watch. Yeah, but is it, my question will be, is Indiana going to have the um, the northern slump to start the season? I know that teams up north have that disadvantage for practices early in the season. Then when it end of the year, they get hot, kind of like Michigan did when they played Bandy in the national championship. Start of the year, kind of eh, and then they ended up being unstoppable at the end well, until they met Kumar Rocker. But, <laughs> but then again, you also have the advantage of – you're up here in the cold weather. You're, you're already used to the cold weather. Sure. You, you bring a southern team up there and not used to that climate, that could be an advantage to Indiana as well. Sure, absolutely. Um, I do know one thing that will be in the advantage of Indiana is that, uh, well, tomorrow night it's supposed to get to 29 degrees down here in Alabama. So that – I don't see how that wouldn't favor them right there instantly. And then I think this weekend is still going to be a little bit cold, but I think Sunday it starts to warm up again. I really – I don't know who to pick in this series. I know Auburn is that team where a lot of people say they could be a top 15 team, and a lot of people are kind of just kind of holding back and waiting to see what they do early on. But, I mean, they have a lot of talent coming back. They didn't – I mean, they really didn't lose too, too many from last year's team. But – they really have a shot to be something special. But to be fair, they did lose the biggest piece of their team. And by biggest, I, I, I'm being quite literal with that. Uh, big Sonny Deshara. Yeah. Yeah, and Sonny, he's a legend in these parts around here. Um, he's got a good family out in Hoover. And um, and he is well right. loved up there. And, yeah, he's he was killing it when he went to the minors for, uh, there for a few weeks. Like, I, I mean, he was hitting like – Six, seven hundred for like the first smoking the ball. <laughs> yes. Like he'd been there for years. I actually look forward to watching his pro career. I think he ha- he could he could be something special here in the next few seasons. So what about the biggest tournament of the weekend out there, the college showdown? Man. <laughs> that's that's I mean the I can't believe we're so lucky to get to see the matchups that we're going to see in that. I mean, it's just almost unheard of. I mean, I've been saying it for weeks. Somebody is going to go out there and get their feelings hurt. And when I say somebody, I'm talking about a top 25 program that's 100% going to go out there and get their feelings hurt. But what we've seen over the years, especially at places like Round Rock and the Desert Invitational, teams that do that come the end of the season have played in those environments, mm-hmm. and it benefits them. Even if they do get their feelings hurt, it benefits them long term. Absolutely. 
So of the teams with Oklahoma State, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas, who do you think has the worst weekend of the three? You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> uh, based on Vanderbilt's schedule, they got TCU on Friday night, Oklahoma State on Saturday, Texas on Sunday, and then the second weekend they get a three-game series with UCLA. It would not surprise me in the least if Vanderbilt was sitting at one and six, do I expect that? No. Is it possible? Extremely. So, so if you're Tim Corbin, how are, I mean, how are you looking at these first two weeks of the season with you having two midweek games as well? I look at it. Then you got to get them in the environment, which playing – all these top 10 teams or top 15 teams right off the bat, it puts them in an environment real quick. You got to look at, you got to make your team grow up quick. And the the one thing he's talked about all off season is each team has its own identity. And so far this team has been more mature than probably – most teams that he's had since 2019 and we all know that team was loaded with seniors just like this team is so it's a matter of what's in the players heads do they think they are the hunted or are the hunt or are they the huntees true so that's how i approach it sure absolutely um so I went and checked on Facebook just now to see what was going on on there, see if anyone commented. And Bubba commented on our video, but it didn't show up on here. And it was on my actual personal Facebook where he commented on it. And he was talking. He was saying it was odd of the Big Ten to have a match. I'm assuming he's talking about Michigan, Michigan State, about them matching up so early. And I definitely, definitely agree on that. It's, it is kind of weird. Yeah, now, my, now the question is, though, that won't count against their conference record, though. I wouldn't I don't think so. Cause that's, and that's weird to me because I know that Alabama and Auburn, they, they would have a few seasons ago, they had like midweek matchups with each other, and it didn't count against their conference record. And I I mean, I understand it, but it's still just kind of weird to me. Right. Uh, as you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we're on the Variety Sports Network, uh, the collegiate brand. If you, if you haven't heard of uh, Variety Sports, uh, they are on Twitter. Uh, you can find them at Variety underscore sports underscore. Uh, great group of guys over there. Uh, if you're interested in sports, podcasting, they've got something for everyone. They've, they've added us, uh, College Baseball Smack. They have several hockey podcast they have some major league stuff they have a lot of nfl stuff so great place to go looking for podcasts if you're into that sort of thing and they're sponsored by row one brand and if you're into authentic sportswear row one brand is where you want to go do that they are absolutely impeccable items that they have on their website uh if you get a chance, go go give them a look. But uh, it's a blessing to be here with them because this is just our second show, and to be to be picked up by a, a network like that right off the bat is, you know, they're helping people grow, and that's what we want to do here. Absolutely, and I'm very thankful that they invited us to be part of this. I, I was telling people, I say, yeah, we recorded a podcast the other night. We already got picked up by a network. What's up? And they're like, what? It's like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Is there any game? Let's see. There's a few games I think we still have left to discuss, don't we? Um, One of them is uh, very intriguing. That's Gonzaga at Texas Tech. It really is. It it really is. I know. I I have not personally looked into Gonzaga what they have this year, but they're good what, every year. What they have done the last two years is noticeable mm-hmm. if you're a college baseball fan you've seen it and you've heard it 
they probably got snubbed a little bit because, you know, they do play what we would refer to as a weak schedule. Sure. But you can't put up the numbers that they put up and not get noticed. Absolutely. And Texas Tech is Texas Tech. I mean, they're... 100%. <laughs> yeah, there is advertised. There's no question in that. That's going to be a very fun test for really for both teams. I, I mean, I mean, Texas Tech is a team that very well should make a super regional this year, if not go further. And Gonzaga is that team that they can play spoiler at the end of the year easily. Oh, definitely. Now, I guess we can talk about the biggest series of the weekend. That's uh, Western Michigan coming to visit LSU with our Fighting Tigers, number one team in the nation, with our tough schedule open weekend. <laughs> Man, do you want me to get started on LSU? Absolutely. Absolutely. So all off season, that's all we've heard is LSU is loaded up in the transfer portal. They got the best team in the country. Uh, ain't nobody beating LSU. They're going to win the College World Series. They've got arms for days. They got the best player in baseball. Man, couldn't you all man up a little bit? I mean, it's bad enough that we got three top 10, three top 25 teams right off the bat for Vanderbilt. We don't have the expectations that LSU does. Can no. you not come get you some of that? I know, right? I really wish our schedule was tougher to start the season. Um, I'm happy that we get Texas, but I hate that it's a midweek. I really wish it was a three-game series. Um, I mean, I'm obviously – you've known me for, what, eight-plus years now? Uh, we've been part of this. Yep. And, yep. honestly, this is probably the most stoked I've been for a season for LSU. I hate how we formed our team. I don't like – I'm not a fan of transfer. Team. I don't like it in any sport. That's a whole different debate for a different time. But I do like the talent that we have coming in, but – just because just you have the players doesn't mean it's always going to work. And, I mean, yes, Dylan Cruz is one of the best baseball prospects I've seen since Alex Bregman, to be perfectly honest. I mean, the, the kid is fun to watch. He does everything right, and I expect a big year out of him. Um, Tommy White, great hitter, has a lot to prove still. I mean, anybody can hit a fastball. You know, let's see what he does when he's consistently facing these, you know, really talented arms that he's going to see this year in the SEC. Because once that, that conference season starts, it doesn't get any easier for them at all. And the, and the plan every day versus being a DA. Absolutely. That, that makes a Absolutely. big difference too. Sure. But And here here's something else about LSU. You brought in all these arms mm -hmm. and all these players through the portal. You get Christian Little from Vanderbilt, who be, who's the youngest pitcher to ever pitch in the College World Series. You bring in Thatcher Hurd from UCLA. Mm -hmm. They're both elite arms that have played at elite programs, and they can't even make your weekend rotation off the bat? Sure. What well, is that? So I was reading on the Thatcher Hurd situation. I believe that he will be in the, uh, the starting rotation in the next few weeks, but it sounds like they're saving him up to use him for Texas. Now, I don't know if that's just an excuse of uh, he didn't make it, but Riley Cooper making the starting rotation to me is what has me scratching my head. Chase Shores, understand it. Six foot eight, 245 pound freshman. Kid throws freaking fire. I mean, the kid is awesome. And Paul Skeens, Paul Skeens, you know. <laughs> right. But Riley Cooper is a guy that, I mean, last year he had a few times he was hitting like 94 to 96. But on average, he's going to sit at like 91, 92 with his fastball, which is, I mean, for a lefty, he's fantastic. And, I mean, he's got he's got a good little breaking ball, but he's a good reliever. I, I'm very skeptical about him being a starting pitcher. Okay. Do you, do you think uh, Christian Little will ever break the rotation? No, not at all. I think Christian Little has a better chance of being our closer or even a long reliever. But I just – I mean, unless he goes out there throwing, you know, 98 and striking everybody out, I just – I think there's way too much depth, and I think he's going to be buried on the depth chart, unfortunately. I mean, he was buried by freshman last year, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not impossible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, who is your um, – if you had to make a pick for the SEC player of the year, 
at the end of the year, who do you think will be the actual best player in the conference this year? Me personally, I think it comes down to four guys. Okay. Obviously, Dylan Cruz. Mm-hmm. I think Enrique Brightfield Jr. is going to be in there. I agree. I believe Wyatt Langford is going to be in there. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, I'm going to go with Paul Skeens. Okay. And the reason I put him in there is because he does go both ways. Yep. And that, you know, if he does what he's done in the past, he's going to have absolutely a strong case for being player of the year. Absolutely. I am very curious to how Skeens is going to transition coming from Air Force to the SEC. I know he's pitched against the SEC before, but I mean, he, he didn't do terrible, but he didn't do great either. But apparently since he's come to Baton Rouge, he has been lights out. And it's great to see. Let's see here. I'm going to check see if we got any additional comments here. Oh, we got five comments on our video now. Oh, it's all about it. Let's see. Okay, so he said he, he thought that Michigan, Michigan State was a uh, – it was not a uh, conference matchup. That makes sense. And then he says LSU by 50 runs for the weekend. Uh, amen. Amen. <laughs> um, okay, here is one right here talking about Arkansas and TCU. I agree. That is going to be a fantastic game. Fantastic. Um, all right, let's see. Gophers have a tough start Friday and Sunday versus UC Santa Barbara and Saturday versus Oregon State. Ooh, I didn't even see that. Oh, my gosh. So we, we, we might have some Big 12 company joining us here. Yeah, okay. Who you got? Um, I think our guy Vincent is uh, looking to jump on. Okay, bring him on. I I think when he uh, when he clicks on it, he'll pop up in the in the back, and you'll have to approve sure. him to come on. Okay. We got five comments, huh? Yep. And that well, that's just on my personal Facebook page. Let's see what uh the group has. So Bob wants to know about Tennessee's Friday night pitcher. Eh, he's okay. Let's... Um, I'm gonna say Chase Dolander probably goes six innings, no hit ball. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, because. Well, yeah. If, if mm. Chase is starting, I think he is. I, I think, think I saw. Yeah, that. yeah, I'd be going against Arizona. Um, let me let me look at Arizona's roster real quick because I they've got a couple players that I was pretty familiar with actually. Um, so I was well, I was hoping they were going to transfer with Jay Johnson, but they didn't. Um, I know they lost a really good uh, catcher. Oh, okay. So Arizona lost a lot from last year. So that's six innings of no-hit baseball. Yeah, very likely, actually. Let's see. Okay. But, yeah, I, I do like Chase Dolander. I think that he's um, definitely a first-round arm, and I can see him being a guy that doesn't last very long in the minors at all. I think that he'll probably he'll probably hit the major leagues within a season and a half. That being said, speaking of the major leagues, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, uh, Mr. Filthy Fulmer, uh, Carson, he got picked up by the, uh, the Mariners the other day in, on a minor league contract. I was very happy to see that. Right. 
I actually would really like to see him get uh, back to the show. He was not a bad reliever when he was with Chicago. I'm hope I'm hoping our guy uh, Vincent will jump on here with us. Let's see. I don't know if he's trying to jump on or not. Is it so somebody waiting in the in the back room? Um, no. Let's see. No, I don't see anybody trying to come in right now. Do something else here, real quick. I think Randy should bring us into his board meeting and let us talk. <laughs> I feel you. I'm checking something out real quick here. Hmm. Not seeing it. I was I was looking on YouTube to see if anybody had commented on YouTube. Oh, okay. And don't see any comments yet. I gotcha. Um, I just uh, commented on on my personal page to Bubba if he wanted to come and chat with us for a minute. It's kind of fun. It's it's fun learning how to do all this stuff. And, oh, I know. You know. I know. Like we're, I don't. We're gonna like... look back at the end of the year and say, "Look at them rookies." I know, right? I feel they like look, we're already better than the other day for sure. They they look like freshmen in the SEC coming up to bat for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, this is cool. We got. We, we got. Smack. <laughs> so apparently, we we can add background music to this, and that's so good to know. <laughs> oh yeah, that be fun stuff. I think I'm gonna have to make us a custom overlay too, because I see the ones they have, and they look really good. Really? Yeah. Let's see. I'm impressed with how many shows they had. Oh, the, the Variety Sports has got a, a, a ton of shows. Uh, they're kind of hard to, to find on uh, YouTube. Mm -hmm. But it's all one word, Variety Sports Network, instead of gotcha. split apart. So it does make it kind of hard to find. I gotcha. I'm actually hoping that we can get a bunch of mid-major fans to come join the group and start chatting with us and giving us some flat. And that, that's it. exactly what it is. If you type it in as all one word variety sports network, mm -hmm. it pops up on your YouTube. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah, I'm going to start checking them out, especially now that we're affiliated with them. I want to see what they're all about. All right, let's see here. Let's see if we get any other comments here. Hmm. 
Interesting. Ah, Bubba's got to travel for work tomorrow. He said Chris will know. Head into Storm Lake, Iowa to deliver mail. <laughs> I would never want to deliver mail in Storm Lake. <laughs> Why is that? And just not my cup of tea up there. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have family in Storm Lake, so I can't dog it too bad. <laughs> So are there any um, – outside of us talking about Tennessee possibly losing, is there any – do you think there's any, like, pretenders in the top 25 that might be exposed this weekend? Any pretenders? Ole Miss. Amen to that. That's just – you know, I could be way off. I'm just not seeing it. Yeah. Uh, but then again, they do have Jacob Gonzalez. Sure. Which gives them a fighting chance in every every time out. Now, do you think anybody can beat Vanderbilt's conference record this year? Uh, are you talking about 26-3? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a record that will never be broken. Uh, I would love for it to be broken this year, but I, I'm with you on that one. And, and the reason why. The game is growing so much. There's so much talent to go around. Even even your lower level SEC teams are more often than not competitive. Sure. Which makes it that that much more difficult. Plus, I don't I don't know that we'll ever see the the battery combined with the arms that that team had. Very true. Tyler Beatty and Carson Fulmer, that team was absolutely loaded, and everything just came together perfect for them that year. Absolutely. You know, the closest we've gotten is 25 and 5. Yep. So it, I don't see another team ever going through the SEC season only losing three games. Sure. And if they do, that they'll go down as one of the greatest teams of all time, that is for sure. Definitely. And I, cool. I see a lot of talk where Tennessee, a lot of people say Tennessee in 2022 was the greatest team ever. I don't, I don't buy into all that. I think no. they're in the discussion, but I think there are parameters that have been set along the way. The 26 and three winning the triple crown, which has only been done once in history. Uh, actually going out and winning a title. Because as we've seen, Oregon State put together a four-loss season over the course of an entire year and didn't win a national title. Yep, got put out by uh, like a fifth-string pitcher that just came in due to injuries, which was crazy through the game of his life. In in my opinion, to be considered as one of the greatest ever, those are the parameters that have to be met, and they didn't meet them. Sure. Any of them. Absolutely. They were fun to watch. They were wild. They were a crazy bunch last year. And, I mean, they they had a very special season, but, it, it, you know, that doesn't matter. What matters is uh, how you end the season. And, unfortunately for them, it just didn't go too hot. So, are you ready to give up number one yet? Oh, absolutely. I hate being number one. I want – I would like – I would like – I would be comfortable just like in the top, like, five. Just give me a top five ranking. That's all I need. See, and, I, and I'm give me fifteen to seventeen SEC wins, puts me mid pack in the East. I'm getting in the tournament. I'm going to Hoover. Go down there. Go deuces at Hoover. Because really, if you're already in the tournament, what's the point of trying to make Absolutely. a statement down there? Go home and rest and get your pitchers ready to go. And that's the recipe to win in Omaha if you're an SEC team. Vanderbilt's done it that way. South Carolina did it that way. Any team that makes the the exception to that rule was 2019 Bandy. But that team was on a mission from day one when they started fall practice. 
they were out to win a national title for a former teammate, Donnie Everett. And we all know what the Donnie Everett story is. Absolutely. That team was on a, that team was 100% on a mission and there was nothing anybody was going to do to stop. It. Sure. So, you know, like I said, you got to meet the parameters to be considered the greatest ever. Tennessee did have a great year last year. No denying that. They whooped Vanderbilt bad. Let me get that out of the way because I know <laughs> Tennessee fans are going to remind me, Randy. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. You know, I, I can, the one thing I will say, you can beat my butt all day long. Just don't disrespect me in the process. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. So, what do you think of some of the new rules this year? Um, so I like some of them and some of them kind of just kind of eh, about, but I do like the, uh, the, the timer situation about a hitter getting like, I guess what is it once they step in the batter's box or is it once they leave the on deck circle? They have 10 seconds to get in the batter's box. Okay. Makes sense. Whether it's from on deck circle to the batter's box or between pitches, you got 10 seconds. Sure. Not going to be have, the, not going to be any of this. Uh, stretch this arm and stretch exactly. that arm. Stretch my leg. Tap my shoes. You know, get in the batter's box and go to work. And I and I'm I'm all for it. I like the speeding up process on that. I also like the what two and a half minutes that you have from when you exit the bullpen to get to the mound and get warmed up and ready to go. I mean, yep. it's a little bit of a rush, but again, sometimes they milk it, and I'm so I'm all for it. Um, I do like the mercy rule going into effect. And the reason I do is because, as you know, I go to Hoover every year, and there are those games that end up being just ridiculous blowouts, and they feel like they last an eternity. And it's like you've been there for three hours, you're only in the fourth inning. And it's just uh, – it's, it's – well, and also they have, like, it's metal benches at Hoover, so it's not comfortable at all. Right. So, yeah, butt starts itching, and you're just ready to get out of there. So I, I'm not sure I, I agree with the mercy rule. I want to beat you as bad as I can beat you. For sure, for sure. But then again, I've been on the flip side of that, where I've come back from multiple runs down mm -hmm. in late innings. So, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. I like the 10-second rule for batters to get in the box. I like the coaches cannot enter the field of play unless they're making a pitching change. Sure. We're not going to see any more of these coaches out in the middle of the diamond arguing with office. If you're going to argue with them, you do it on the side. How long do you think it takes before a coach gets a bullhorn and starts yelling from the dugout? <laughs> that may happen opening weekend. And I got a pretty good idea who might be the culprit to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names, but he might have a, an orange cap with a white T on it. <laughs> That's who I was thinking too. It, uh, I mean, it would not surprise me if they did something like that, which, I mean, hey, I don't think it's against the rules to have a bullhorn in your dugout as long as you don't use it while they're actually well, in play. And, and that goes along with the uh, prop rule. Mm -hmm. Have your fun, but keep your props in the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> does does a bullhorn can is a bullhorn a prop? Oh, that's a good question. Now I'm wondering. Hmm. Or are we going to go start making rules on what you can use for props? Sure. <laughs> oh, Randy's talking smack to us. <laughs> oh God. NCAA equals no fun. <laughs> so I, I'm down. I'm down for that. I want. I want to see what Randy has to say about Tony Vitello having a bullhorn in a dugout. So I he think he'd be it. all for it. Oh, I I know he would. <laughs> he said, "Give me that smoke." <laughs> I can I can hear Randy saying it. I mean, I really wonder if there will be a coach, though, that actually does that or at least gets like a cone or something to yell out of because there's clearly going to be some terrible calls that they want to yell about. 
you you know if if there's one coach out there that would do it, it's it would be Tony Vitello. For sure. And that's not a knock against him. That's just his no. personality. Absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I was a kid in this generation and Tony Vitello was recruiting me, I, it'd be hard to say no to that guy. Right. Because I feel like he just he gets this generation really well. Okay, now let's let I, I, that's I have to ban Randy here, calling Vitello the goat. Uh, <laughs> there's a difference in a goat and a horse's ass. <laughs> I'm just messing. <laughs> So Randy may Randy may have to come on here and address that one. Okay, there you go. He said Paul Skeen said no. Well, to be fair, it was either Skeens or Ahuna. And, I mean, I think you might, you guys got a pretty good win on that one because I really wanted Maui to come to LSU so bad. But can Maui do what he did at Kansas against the SEC elite arms? It's a good point. I think defensively, I think he'll be perfectly fine. But, yeah, offensively, right. it's definitely a huge transition. My four-year-old daughter just shot me the bird from across the living room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. She wants all that smoke. <laughs> she does. Yeah, she's kind of under the weather. She ain't been feeling too hot today. And uh, my wife, I think, coached her to do that just then. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Ah, oh, he's talking about Tommy White. Yeah, Tommy White came to LSU for that money, I think. Because LSU's NIL for baseball is just absurd. I know Tennessee's got some good money, too. But I think LSU, their collective, whatever they're doing to pay these kids, I think they hooked these baseball players up with some really good deals. They had to have. Yeah, because you wouldn't get those guys. Which I, and the crazy thing is, um, I don't know if you y'all you guys saw this because I think it's probably just shared locally. But uh, Thatcher heard all his NIL money he donated to um, like a hunger relief, uh, local hunger relief foundation in Louisiana. Props to him for doing that. Absolutely, totally respect that. And I, I want to say Tommy White did something very similar. I don't, I don't I don't remember all the details on it, but I know he like gave a large portion of money as well. And I, I like when you guys come and do that. I keep waiting for Randy to ask you to come on the show. I'm waiting on Randy to pop up and join us. Is that a challenge I hear you issuing? Oh, here it is. There's no bigger collective than Spire, and Chris knows it. <sighs> you can't do video chat and drive? It's, <laughs> it's only your life at, at stake. Come on, man. <laughs> Well, well, I guess we're not going to get him on here and just get him late. And I'm sure you got to be at work in the morning like the rest of us. Well, yeah, unfortunately. Oh, What, what time you got to go in? I got to be there at 8. Oh, okay. must I be nice. I got bankers hours. Yeah, must be nice. I got to be there at 645. Uh, now, yeah. Saturday, I got to be there at 7. Uh, I'm off Saturday, thank God. Which I hate Saturdays, especially on opening weekend because – Oh, Absolutely. And did get some bad news yet today with Vanderbilt and TCU is the roof is closed tomorrow. Oh. So why? Oh, because the cold weather coming in? Apparently, I don't know. Oh man, that sucks. Which stinks. Yeah. Give me the outdoor air. Yeah. Randy's getting in the RV and following the balls to Baton Rouge. He's gonna pick me up somewhere in Mississippi on the way. <laughs> <laughs> I really am trying to go to that series. That's that's one I'm really wanting to go to. But if I don't get to make it, I'm a thousand percent being I'll be in Hoover. I, I think he threatened. I think he threatened to come through here and uh, pick me up on his way to Knoxville for the uh, the Vanderbilt series. Yeah, but he he's gonna have to he's gonna have to knock me out or something because I'm, I'm not going to Knoxville. I'm not going <laughs> to that. I can't handle that much orange. <laughs> <laughs> What we need to try to do is once this show gets up and going, is try to get some media credentials for Hoover. That and, would be awesome. And that's uh, Variety Sports is working on that currently. Oh, nice. So there is a possibility of that in the future. So we shall see how that plays out. 
Oh, got an interesting question. It says, can a kid get NIL money without being on a scholarship? Yeah, I would think so. I don't see yes. why not. Yes. Speaking of kids on NILs, um, you know that that meme of that um, that kid, like he's like standing, he's kind of like, like it's like that little black kid like years ago, and he's like kind of standing, just giving that side eye. He's yeah, he like, just he, got an NIL. Yeah, he sounded like Popeyes. I'm amazed. Absolutely amazed. So. so, and and to the point about NIL and how it affects scholarships. Uh, it used to be if schools offered uh, need-based aid, which is what everybody says Vanderbilt had the unfair advantage in. If you offered need-based aid, that money actually counted against scholarships. And when they changed the rule two years ago, that no longer counts. But what everybody forgot was that everybody in America was doing that, giving out the the need-based aid. Sure. Problem was, at that time, Vanderbilt had more money invested in baseball than anybody in the country. Absolutely. Because of Opportunity Vanderbilt and all the endowments, they could bring people in on educational scholarships and pay them the need-based aid. And, and yes, you know, it's okay, in my opinion, because they absolutely took advantage of what was out there because they had the money to do it. Now, the need-based aid doesn't count against, or it does, it used to count, but it doesn't now, which if you're not on a scholarship, it doesn't matter if you're getting NIL. A lot of coaches are going to sell it now. Hey, we'll get you the NIL for you to come play with us, and you can use your NIL to pay your own way. And at Vanderbilt, they've had their share of guys pay their own way. Sure. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out in the future. But I think your private schools like Vanderbilt and Duke and Stanford and Northwestern are going to be the biggest benefactors of NIL. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> he says 27 scholarships versus 11.7. <laughs> um, well, not mention cheaters because, you know, there was, a, there was a certain baseball series last year where uh, a team used a bat that was did not <laughs> carry an approval sticker, and the SEC penalized the team that did it and put out a memo and said, do not use bats without approval stickers. And the very next week, a player knowingly used a bat that did not have a sticker on it. Because you can't say he didn't know it didn't have a sticker. If the sticker fell off in batting practice and he knew it fell off. So he knew it didn't have a sticker. The very week that they said, don't do it, and he did it. So <laughs> let, we'll talk about cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So what's the weather like up there with y'all? Y'all getting hit with those bad storms? They came through about four hours ago. Okay. And actually a tornado missed my oldest son's house by about a half a block. <laughs> oh, God. Where's he at? He's in Etheridge, Tennessee. Where, I've never heard of that. Uh, it's about an hour drive north of Florence, Alabama. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Dang. So. It's about yeah, halfway got... between Florence and Nashville. Okay, okay. So I've definitely passed it then, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, we got hit. A storm started here about, I don't know, about it's probably 2.30 today. And we had some thunder. It shook the building at work. And then it just kind of eased up by the time I left and drove home. It was no rain. But now, it's. I mean, I, I don't know if you can hear it from, coming from my microphone, but it is like heavy rain right now. Yeah, that was just the weak stuff this morning, the strong stuff coming through tonight. Yep. And then getting down to 29 degrees tomorrow is just ridiculous. Right. But after, not... after having all the 60s this week. 
Oh, God. GBO. <laughs> Later, Andy. Have a good night, man. But, yeah, I think we're going to have us a good weekend this weekend. I think it's going to be a bunch of fun games to watch. And, honestly, I look forward to doing our post-game show. I'm, I'm assuming we will probably do something early next week to kind of recap the games from the weekend. Right. So I'm very excited to talk about that for sure. So my bold prediction, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Tennessee, and LSU, all of them will lose at least one game this weekend. Oh, oh, <laughs> man, I, God, I hope you're wrong, but woo, that's bold right there. I like it. Um, oh, let me see if I can get a, got a bull prediction here. Um, the Titans get a new stadium with candy football play there. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. <laughs> matter matter of fact, they're tearing out the south end zone of Vanderbilt football stadium. And if anybody knows Vanderbilt baseball, we're tucked. Hawkins Field is tucked underneath the visitor's side of the football stadium. They're still going to be playing at Hawkins Field while the construction is going on. Oh, my gosh. That sucks. When I was younger, I um... – my cousin, he played football at Delta State, and they played against Cumberland uh, College. Yep. And we stayed in the hotel that's at the – whatever the opening is on the football stadium at Vanderbilt. I think it was called like the Latitude or something like that. Some fancy hotel. But from the weight room, you literally can watch the game. You're just yep. standing right into the field. It was pretty awesome. Well, there, there's a Holiday Inn right across the street, and then there's mm -hmm. a uh, – and behind it, there's a Marriott. Okay. Be, behind the north end zone. Okay. And I think uh, during the COVID year, when Ken Seals was the starting quarterback, his family got a hotel room, and the hotel knew it was his family. Mm -hmm. And I put him up high enough where they could look out their window and watch the game from their window in the hotel. That's cool. That's very cool. I like that. So. But, yeah, this weekend, bold prediction-wise, um, hmm. I think I think a transfer pitcher will get rocked this weekend. And I think it's going to be Mr. Waldrop from uh, Florida Gators. I don't know why, but I think it might be more of my anger that he didn't come to LSU, but – Either way, he, he pitched a hell of a game against LSU last year, and I really wanted him to Baton Rouge. And to be fair, what we've seen from Kevin O'Sullivan, he overuses his starters early in the year. Mm -hmm. He had Hunter Barco throwing 98-plus early in the season last year and was pitching him seven, eight innings Yeah, early. So when he tours UCLA, it wasn't a shock to me because he, his his walks per inning had shot up. Mm -hmm. Like the first two or three weeks, he was great, and then his numbers started crawling up. Sure, because he was overused so early in the season, and that's one thing Sullivan does is he overuses him early. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but. I wouldn't be surprised if you're right that Waldrop gets rocked. I just I just have a weird feeling about it. Honestly, if, if I were a coach going into this weekend, I think I'd limit my starters to four to six innings, have like an 80, 85 pitch max on them. I'd let them go further if they had a low pitch count, but I would not let a pitcher go over 100 pitches right now. I wouldn't even consider it. I completely forgot about that. What's that? Frank Anderson, remember, they got – they got tossed last year mm -hmm. and Frank Anderson it, it still has to serve his one game suspension. Oh, I forgot about that. And he's serving it this weekend. Oh my gosh. Tomorrow night against Arizona. Oh my gosh. So you got, you got, well, is there any better way to do it with Chase Dolander on the mound? I'm getting no better than that. 
I totally forgot about that. Wow. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's like the last way. Oof. That sucks. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. How did you even find that? Uh, um, Randy sent it to us in our message. Oh, okay. That's crazy. Man. How did we forget that he got tossed last year and had to serve I for one game? Totally Man. Yeah. I, I remember hurts. Tony. I remember Tony already served his suspension because mm-hmm. he sold uh, chest bumps outside the stadium for charity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I forgot all about that, too, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Griffin Marriott, but he's got to serve a one game suspension tomorrow night for getting really? ejected last year. And that's a balls transfer. Dang. Huh. Well, man, I think we got us a good weekend ahead of us here, and I guess we can go ahead and start wrapping it up and get this sucker loaded to YouTube. And right, hopefully, people listen to it throughout the week. Uh, so I'm gonna ask this. So I guess it'll help anyone listening right now. This will be added to Spotify. Uh, yes, it will be added to Spotify. Okay. Uh, what we'll do, I'll save the audio to my computer, and then I'll email it to the director of VSN. Cool. And he'll put it on Anchor, Spotify, all the all the streaming channels for the audio version. We will upload the video to the College Baseball Smack YouTube account, as well as uh, the College Baseball Smack Twitter account at college smack all right that sounds good to me well all right everybody we appreciate we're getting, you listening. we're getting out there it's it, you know it's been a work in progress we've talked about doing stuff like this for several years now and it's it's just now coming together and we'll see where it takes us Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to it i really am too and i look forward to getting some more people in here with us too to start chatting with us oh so, definitely i think I'm, once it's I'm going to put the word out there again. If you are a fan of a mid-major, come on and talk to us because mid-majors never get enough love and we want to spotlight you guys. Absolutely. And we are college baseball smack. We want to talk smack. We want to hear it. We want you to let us have it. We're ready for it. (laughs) We, We want somebody from Campbell to come in here and talk about the camels going up to Knoxville last year and giving <laughs> Tennessee all they wanted. Absolutely. It, you know, I, I actually called Cam- Campbell to pull the upset there. But, you know, they gave Tennessee all they wanted. They really did. They so really did. We got we got to bring a, a Campbell fan on here to, to talk <laughs> some smack to Randy. For sure. For sure. <laughs> oh, man, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to doing our next show just so we can – go over whatever craziness we're about to see starting tomorrow. Um, I know we, I think, I think y'all series, I think y'all's game, I guess is what in the afternoon tomorrow or evening. Three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Okay. Yeah. We're at three noon. as well. Yeah. So I say noon starts with like Let's Oklahoma see. state, I think. It says 4 PM Eastern time, which is 3 PM yeah. central Vanderbilt and TCU. Okay. And then Saturday it's, 11 a.m. Central. Ooh. And then Sunday is 1130, uh, 10.30 a.m. Central. Wow. Dang. And of, of the six teams that are at the college baseball showdown, number seven, Arkansas, number nine, Vanderbilt, number 12, Oklahoma State, number 15, TCU, number 25 texas and the sixth team is one that's often forgotten in the sec because they they just haven't been good since they joined and that's missouri absolutely missouri's been so close to breaking out too they've had some really good talent over the years but just never enough to really piece it together the the team that had tanner hauck i -hmm. really thought was going to do something and they just never showed up yep absolutely all right. Well, 
been fun talking to you tonight. We, we kind of get off the rails sometimes. And, always, you know, always. <laughs> we're rookies at this. We're still learning how to do all this stuff. So bear with us a little bit. Uh, it's going to get better. We're looking forward to talking again. And I guess with that, we'll end our show for the night. For sure. Hey, before we go, though, here. before we go, give me your prediction for the Daytona 500. Let's go off track for a second. <laughs> Off track. Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, man, it's hard to go off track. Chase Elliott. I was about to say that's who I'm going with as well. <laughs> and what what people fail to realize is that number nine car is run out of the same shop that they used to run the twenty fours out of. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Hendrick Motorsports. Huh. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Okay. I got you. Yeah. I think Chase will do good. Do you see Travis Pastrana is going to be racing? I, I think it's got two extra wheels for him. I mean, I'm just I, saying. I'm saying I was like, I saw, I saw it on Facebook a little while ago. I was like, all right. But yeah, I, I, lo- I love watching uh, Daytona 500 every year. And so we got college baseball, Daytona 500, tons of basketball this weekend. It's a good sports weekend. Oh, and the XFL, I believe, starts back either this weekend or – Yeah, so, my God. Tons of sports. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, it's been great talking to you, and I'll, I guess I'll be in touch Monday. <laughs> all right, sounds good. All right, man. Have a good night.